What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> you're you're sorry. <laughs> <Not yet>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. I love it, Lee. That's funny. All right. So now we'll get into it. All right. All right. I'm Chase Winninger, host of the podcast, Lee McClellan. I hope everybody's doing well. Beautiful time of year. Yep. Co-host of the podcast and today's guest, Rachel Krim. Hello. Hope right. everybody's doing well. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> Thank you for repeating. I love May. It's the best month. It is a good month. Oh, uh, that in October. Mm-hmm. In my mind. In November. Oh, and November's good too, but I'm you know, strictly bow hunter. Yeah. Just and the first October's part. when it's cooling down. It's 50 something degrees. It feels so perfect out. It's yeah, like yeah, October is fantastic. Mosquitoes mm-hmm. start to finally go away. May and October are probably my two favorite. Oh, so what I was going to say, Rachel's probably our most popular guest on the podcast. You've been on like three times now, right? I know. I'm on here a lot. I think you were our first guest. Was I the first one? I thought you said you were. Oh, Pretty sure maybe. you might have been our very first mm-hmm. guest. Oh, cool. And then you came on with your husband another time. Yeah. yeah I think you might have been on four times. Oh, it, I was with uh, Brooks, Brooks one time, So you were on with Brooks before. You were on with Scott, your husband. And I, I know you were on with us me. Three? Yeah. 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 So this is your fourth time. Didn't we have you on with two people one time, too? Didn't we? Uh, you and someone else. No. No, that was so. Roger LaPointe you're thinking about. Oh, yeah, it was. No, no, she that she set me. us up with Roger. But, yeah. so anyway, so I'm Chase Winger, host of the podcast. I'm McClellan, co-host, and Rachel Krim, co-co-host of the podcast <laughs> at this point. She's a, Just a special guest, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you're kind of perfect for it. I mean, you hunt, you fish all over the place, do everything. You're the director of the Fish and Wildlife Foundation. Yes. For those who don't know, tell me what it is. So we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we support... Fish and Wildlife programs, um, mainly conservation education programs. Um, we do a large scholarship program for the Fish and Wildlife ran summer camps, which I went to Camp Wallace. I went to Camp Wallace. You went to Camp Wallace? No, I went to Camp Curry. So <clears throat> we're all three campers, which is pretty yeah. cool. I caught a sauger on a cane pole. <laughs> yeah. No one knew what it was. I had a minnow. I didn't get my fishing patch. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, got I know. My, I got my boating patch out there. And I didn't fishing. get my fishing patch. That's the only one I didn't get, and I was really upset about it. Why? I mean, what do you remember what you missed? Or Yeah, I couldn't cast into those, those little, little rings, <laughs> rings there. out there. Mm-hmm. I kept missing it. I was getting really mad, too. <laughs> and then I went back as an adult, and I still couldn't cast into those little rings. Hey, but you can catch fish. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. yeah, I guess. You so, just learn to reel it into where you're trying to cast it, so if you've been to camp you know exactly what we're talking about but if you haven't been to camp then kentucky has three conservation camps scattered across the state send how many campers a year uh typically there's between 4,500 and 5,000 kids that go each summer yeah. uh, through our scholarship program we typically send around i don't know i'd say 10 percent of those 10 percent. so on, 450 to 500 kids a year go to summer camps learn all these hunting and fishing skills boating mm-hmm. swimming everything because of the fish and wildlife foundation well and because of people donate yeah to exactly us. yeah but, i mean it, it's great it comes through through the fish and wildlife foundation mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that i was hoping we could talk about today obviously you're avid fisher woman is that do you like being called a fisher woman or a fisher man angler angler that's Have what you ever i thought use. about it like what would you prefer um i'm a human a fisher so, human <laughs> so i just say man fisherman. So they okay yeah, that's fine i didn't know i mean fisherman so but you fish some areas that i want advice on 
But the main reason we had you on is because there's a lot of stuff coming up right now with the foundation. It's our busiest time of year. Uh, you have uh, several things laid out in front of you. Mm -hmm. I see something for the, the bull elk drawing. Mm -hmm. I see something for Slato Sampler. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. We'll go through them both really quick. Okay. And we well, can... first of all, before you jump into it, <laughs> Slato Samplers first, I want you to know the Slato Sampler is like my derby. Like, I love the sampler because it's kind of like, it reminds me of a derby party almost. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Everybody gets fairly decent looking. There's drinks being served. I can walk around and look at the animals, which is as much fun for me as seeing horses race. I don't bet because I lose. So, I mean, it's pretty a much... A lot of good food. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, it's like that same kind of event for me. If I go to a derby party, it's almost like, you know, they, they're, they're hand in hand. The sampler? Me. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of how I think of it's it. It's a really fun event. from sour mash and aging. Yes, <laughs> that's also right. Featured. And we have uh, beer too and yeah. wine. Um, but that event will take place on June the first. Mm -hmm. It's really a really good time. Um, we have usually around s somewhere between six to eight distilleries that come out. A couple. Uh, breweries and wineries. Remember and last year, Country Boy was there. I think West Six might mm -hmm. have been there They're both also. coming back yeah. this year. Um, um, and so it's just a really cool night to listen to some awesome bluegrass music. Mm -hmm. This year we have the Whiskey Bent Valley Boys that mm -hmm. are going to be playing. They're incredible, so we're really excited about that. Um, and people can just tour the exhibits without a bunch of kids around. And and that's kind of how it makes me feel. It <laughs> makes me feel almost like a kid again. Yeah. Does that make sense at all? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I walk back to the Slato Center on my 15 sometimes, and I just walk around. There's kids everywhere. But during the sampler... Well, it's been really crowded lately. Man alive. Well, that's mm -hmm. good, though. Mm -hmm. But during the sampler, it's like it's an adult time to feel like kind of like a kid. That's just me personally. I'm sure not everybody feels that way. But, I mean, it's like a good, fun, recreational time. I've been four years now. Something like that, and it's always a good time. Lee's ha having to work half the time, so. Yeah. I haven't been in a while. You didn't go honest. last year? No, I did not. Well. That falls right when my wife's birthday is, so. Take her up there. Well, I'll think on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically a he's guy. She's got other plans for him. <laughs> well, is well, anyways, tickets are on sale now yep. if you go to KentuckyWildlife.com. The proceeds from that benefit the Slato Center. Mm -hmm. So some of the projects we've done there in the last couple of years, we actually just put in this year a new um, pool in the Bobcat exhibit. So it's pretty incredible. Um, it changed that whole exhibit space, and I really believe the cats are a lot happier and well, more active like now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we also put in a nocturnal exhibit this year. Mm -hmm. Did some other small things, but um, you'll see the projects that were big projects are typically done by the funding through the Fish and Wildlife yeah. Foundation back yeah, there that, each year. So So that's just within the past six months. The mm -hmm. new Bob, and the Bobcat exhibit, I don't know if not everybody's seen it, but there used to be this little pool of water in the middle of it that was like stagnant and kind of mossed mm -hmm. over, and occasionally there would be an unlucky frog in there, <laughs> and the Bobcats would eat it get that frog but now there's like this whole flowing stream of i mean it's like running water that goes three quarters of the exhibit mm -hmm. and i wish i was there to watch the bobcats like get out there and see it for the first time but i've got a feeling the female bobcat if nothing else is out there jumping across or playing around on mm -hmm. those logs or something sorry that was my stomach i don't know if you guys could hear I didn't that or hear it, but thank you for letting us all know that <laughs> have you not had lunch no i did i don't know what that was it was weird so once again how do people get tickets um kentuckywildlife.com that's our website. You can get on find all information on our programs on there. Um, you can look at some of our past projects we've done at Salado on there. And uh, I actually think that video of her 
see in the exhibit the female bobcat back there is on our website okay. too is there a time lapse on there that we might have helped yes with? there's a time lapse the time on lapse there of too. the exhibit being built mm-hmm. so the sampler is june 1st six to nine six to nine this year we have vip tickets though so uh, if you wanted to get in an hour early mm. experience some really cool stuff um yeah. that's five to nine okay. but they're uh, a little more expensive so generally speaking six to nine five to nine june 1st this year kentuckywildlife.com you said yes sir and the proceeds go to Salado. yes from that event is, okay and Salado is obviously i mean i feel like most people have been to Salado. they listen to the podcast hunting mm-hmm. fish i'm not all no people but, love it i don't know it's somewhere i that, love it i mean mm-hmm. it's so cool you see the school buses rolling in and out mm-hmm. i mean so many kids there's from been schools. so many picnics uh, you know we go for a walk twice a day to and uh picnics galore school kids galore yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's been just packed yeah it's great mm-hmm. so anyway the slido sampler is a great time let's see something else you have in front of you is the 2019 commission bull elk tag drawing yeah so i want to explain this a little bit because yeah, i think because i would and people are confused about the elk tag drawings in general they yes. always have been yeah so the department has their elk tag drawing and they draw for i don't remember how many tags they did this year I think it's 595 roughly like right at 600 tags yeah. um so those tags are done through Fish and Wildlife. In addition to those permits, there's landowner permits that some of these large landowners in Eastern Kentucky, they get tags based on how much ground they open up mm-hmm. for me and you and anyone mm-hmm. else that wants to come hunt that property for whatever species. And then the commission, which is pretty much the board of directors for the Fish and Wildlife Agency, they give out up to 10 tags to nonprofit organizations that um, do programs to support conservation projects in the state of Kentucky. Um, we got one in 2019, and we do a drawing for that. Yeah, does that explain it pretty well? Well, I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna hit on that one more time because okay. this is something I see all the Facebook comments, I see mm-hmm. all the YouTube comments, and there's so many people out there that just don't understand how certain people get their tags hmm. because people will say all the time, "I'm not putting in for the, the elk drawing this year." It goes to people with money. Well, those people with money are most likely buying landowner permit, landowner yeah. permit tech or commission tax. Well, and mm-hmm. because so here's the basic principle, of it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. obviously I'm no expert, but the way I understand it and the way I think it to be true, there are those tags that are available to the public through the drawing, the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife elk draw, mm-hmm. ten dollars a piece, ten dollars a piece to chance. put in for it, and like I said, I think there's 595 this year. There is a bull <coughs> firearm, a cow firearm, and an either sex archery tag, right? Mm-hmm. So you pick one for $10 you put in, you can put in for two, you can put in for three, and those 595 tags go to that drawing. And in addition to that, because so much land is private in Kentucky, 97% of the state is private, we needed more area for people to hunt. So mm-hmm. we made an incentive program, the department did, obviously not me, you and Lee, mm-hmm. but we made an incentive program for landowners who had large amounts of land for every 5,000 acres of private property that they made available to public hunting, they got one bull tag. That's all public hunting too. So it's not just elk, but yeah. people can turkey hunt it, deer hunt it, mm-hmm. squirrel. Yes. I mean, that you're talking a lot of land in Eastern Kentucky. Oh, that, that program's incredible. Yeah. So. And people don't understand that that's how Michael Waddell or Donald Trump Jr. get their tax because those landowner tags that go to landowners who make their land available to public hunting can do whatever they can sell them if they want mm-hmm. to. So a lot of times those tags get sold to people who are pretty wealthy or 
well-known or, or stuff like that. So or given to them. They can yeah, do whatever exactly. they want with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that has absolutely zero effect on the general drawing. Mm-hmm. No, all that's doing yeah. is open yeah. up more yeah. opportunity exactly. for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah. So without, yeah. without that, I mean, there would be much, much less land to publicly hunt in the state. So it's a great program, opens up all kinds of ground, and has absolutely zero effect on the public drawing. And that's how those people who might have a TV show or might be the president's son get their tags. And then in addition to those two things, there are the 10 commission tags. Up to 10 commission tags. Up, so up to 10. In 2019, they just gave out seven mm-hmm. of the elk tags. Um, they also do a, a deer part bonus buck permit, mm-hmm. which we do a drawing for that, too, mm-hmm. at Shaker Village typically each year. Um, and a bonus turkey tag. So in other states... They would be called like governor tags or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it's very common. You see fish and wildlife agencies all over the country doing this, and it's a way for nonprofit organizations to raise money to put back into mm-hmm. our, the programs mm-hmm. in the state. So, um, we're really proud of ours. We've had a lot of success with our elk and our our deer program um, selling this package, and it's been really great. So, so you're not you're not necessarily selling a package it's a raffle in a way with sweepstakes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so so you have one of those commission tags Mm -hmm. the foundation does yes and i guess when you get a commission tag the seven people who got one they have the option of what to do with it to raise money for conservation you all the foundation choose to raffle it Mm -hmm. okay would you drawing for it yep and then that money goes where so camp a lot of that money is spent on camps um this past year i'm trying to think of the programs we've done at camp um well, we bought new canoes for Camp Webb, mm-hmm. putting kayaks in each of the camps this year. Um, Camp Boss got a new fishing dock, um, our scholarship program, yeah. so <laughs> multiple things. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so that's where the money goes. That's how it's generated. Mm-hmm. And where does somebody sign up for the, the commission bull tag? And they don't just get it. Do they get a, a tag this year or do they get something else in addition? Because I remember... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Kentucky Gun Company yeah. is a co-sponsor. They have been for a couple of years with these programs. Uh, so they sponsored the gun. So uh, whoever wins will also get a 30-06 rifle with a 9x40 scope, 3x9x40 okay. scope. I think that was a Nikon scope last year. Uh, it's This is a Burris this okay. year, the field scope, and it's a Franchi. Franchi? I I pronounce it Franchi. Lee is the shotgun expert. Well, I've always heard it Franchi. Franchi? So I'm wrong. Okay. I think yours sounded better. I sounded more Kentucky. No, the Franchi is what... Franchi. Because we got one for Barbara. This is before your time. When she retired, we bought her a a nice uh, uh, 20-gauge youth model to fit her. uh, For her, she was getting into trap shooting, and that was her uh, retirement gift was a Franchi. And those are Benelli's, right? I believe they own yeah, them. Benelli yes. owns the, the, Benelli, they're, they're Franchi, good, they're good Franchi. Benelli owns that company and Stoger, Stoger also. Mm-hmm. That's the three I know of. Matt, yours or me? Why you? <laughs> <laughs> too much shotgun shooting. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So they get the the rifle, they get the the bull tag, and they get the scope. Yep. Perfect. And that money and goes to set, support camps. So. Yeah, we set the hunt up for them, too. So it's a really good program. We've had a lot of success with it. I'd say our biggest project we did is uh, we made a f- fairly large donation to the Camp Curry yeah. Dining Hall facility and in Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that opening. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's big. When you say you set the hunt up for them, that can include... It depends. It depends on what our hunters 
want to do so typically we set it up with like a land access fee and pay for the hotel rooms but that varies it depends on if we get a guy or a gal that wants to rifle hunt or bow hunt so we just work that out with them but we do everything in our power to make sure they're going to be successful and have a good time i know i've been on a hunt with a commission tag winner before through you all and i mean you guys did everything you could to make them successful and they were I feel yeah. like they have been pretty much mm-hmm. every year. Yeah, I think there was just one gentleman that um, he was going on another hunt somewhere, and he didn't. He had an opportunity to shoot yeah. a bull, and he decided he didn't want to. Yeah. And so, since I've worked here, everybody who's mm-hmm. won the tag has had a successful hunt, mm-hmm. and several of the bulls have been pretty good sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've shot some really nice ones. <laughs> ones that I would be really happy with. Yeah. So, so. Anyway, so where does somebody go to sign up for that? Same website? Yes, KentuckyWildlife.com. It's right on our homepage. You'll see it there. Yep. And we hope that all of you guys sign up for it. So. <laughs> well, hopefully they do. Yeah. So um, a few things I wanted to talk to you about while I had you in here, aside from those, were one of them's fishing. Okay. Because I'm getting ready to move, unfortunately, to Louisville. I'm not, I'm not hating on Louisville at all. Where Whereabouts? Uh, St. Matthews area. Cool. But, you know, I love where I'm at. I have a farm pond. I have this little creek by my house. I have all this land. I think my tom turkey, my little pet turkey, I think he went and bred a hen the other day. It was happy father moment. But I'm going to move to Louisville, and I'm thinking about fishing. Floyd's Fork's great. Mm-hmm. Ben's Lakes are great. But the Falls of the Ohio is uh, a— That's what I have on my notes, Ohio River fishing. It is a one-of-a-kind in the world fishing opportunity. Mm-hmm. The best in our state. I mean, honest to God, the way Cheno Ross, he's a fishing guy, and you know Cheno, right? The way he explained it to me is that it's the only dam of its kind in the world that has water flowing over from the side— as well as you know like the upper gate lower gate Mm -hmm. so it literally is one of a kind in the entire world as far as how the water flows flows through it and he said it just creates some of the best fishing that there is some of the best fishing opportunity in the state for sure lee could probably speak on this but i I forget like i read somewhere maybe scott told me that um like lewis and clark when they crossed there at that to during that time it was like at low water my granddad taught me i've written a lot of this down he used to tell me a lot of stories we used to go to ollie's trolley over in jeffersonville which is right by uh mcalpin lock and dam and we we would drive down to the park and eat our ice cream and watch the tugs go up and down <laughs> the river and i remember one was joe taylor and and he would tell me stories the horses he, get hot Do they get ice cream too or? no <laughs> but but uh he uh he fished it before there was a McAlpin Lock and Dam, mm-hmm. and he remembers when the Ohio ran blue, mm. oh, and, wow. and you could see down a good ways. And in summer, there, right where the falls of the, you know, that's where basically you fall off what is known as the Cincinnati Arch. That's where the river falls off the limestone that underlies us now. And how, so, like, how much of a drop was that during that time? Do you remember? I, it's no, something it, insane. It, it was, it, it was called, um, it, it, it's nuts. I, you know, I don't know, but it was treacherous. That's yes. where, that's how Portland and Louisville got started because mm-hmm. people would have to portage their goods around the falls. You could only travel it at high water and you had to know what you're doing. Sure. And he said below it, there was Big Eddie and Little Eddie. And if a boat got d- damaged coming through the falls, Big Eddie or Little Eddie would spin them around, they'd sink. He said there was... <laughs> Lots of boats on the bottom of the Ohio there. They're still in the summertime when it's really low. You can still go down there, and there's sometimes vehicles Mm -hmm. or a lot of lower units Mm -hmm. uh, down there still. That channel is so. It's been doing that since there's been modern navigation on the river. Well, there's definitely still boats down there. You remember that Fishing Kentucky's Rivers, Lakes, and Streams page, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You are. Yeah. I saw just like yesterday where some guy had his like uh, downscan 
running and he found a boat on the bottom right down <laughs> I can't there. believe it. There used to be <laughs> like a ranger or explorer we would pass down there all the time. And you could only see it. Like we would always have to be careful of certain water levels because we were scared the hood we were going to hit the hood on our mm -hmm. lower unit. But <clears throat> so really, in the paddle wheel days, you know, if you busted your wooden paddle wheel, you were done. <laughs> yeah. And you get down there, and those currents would take you, and they just swirl you around and yeah. dump you. Sounds horrible. Granddad said when uh, when it was low, like if you'd have a mild drought, you could wade all the way across the river at the top of the fort, where the kind of where the concrete wall is now that makes the lock and dam complex huh. right in there was so shallow but if you've been there below in october when it's low you can wade it's just little braids down through there mm -hmm. if you go to the falls of the ohio interpretive park yeah. that's a great place to go and <laughs> wade fish years ago um shooting fish down there they don't want you doing that anymore down there but uh we would see people like Sliding down the, <laughs> sliding down the what? The there was dam. little shoots and stuff. Yeah, there's yeah, where the waters come. The water comes out. Mm. It would be like lime green, full of moss. Mm -hmm. And these kids would be down there climbing up it and sliding down. And oh, I'm like, y'all yeah. are crazy I mean, with you, it. You could jump. It's like little braids and stuff. It's mm -hmm. great. I've caught nice auger down there. Oh, there's yeah. all kinds of nice fish. They mm -hmm. looked, I think Chad went fishing there for the show two days ago with Cheno, and they caught 23 or 24 hybrids. Mm -hmm. just oh, a lot of, I mean, some of the hybrids were 24 inches long, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Big trophy fish. Mm -hmm. So I want to go down there. I never have fished. I see huge catfish coming out of there all the time. I see good sauger. I see some smallmouths on occasion. Well, yep. I see a lot of hybrids, too, mm -hmm. and stripers. Stripers. Like, stripers I would, I would hybrids, love yeah. to go catch fat catfish. It's um, so up and down. Just see, Like years and years ago, Scott and I went one spring, and we just destroyed white bass and sauger down there like we'd go and catch mm -hmm. an unbelievable amount it was awesome like yeah. i didn't realize it at the time but I, it's probably the best i'll ever be for the rest of my life and i think the water just set up right with like rain and everything else that year um it hasn't ever been that good since but the weather and the water levels just affect it so much so mm -hmm. if Anybody that's listening, if you ever get an invite down there with someone that knows what's going on with the channels and stuff, don't wait until the next day because a little bit of rain up north will shut it, it down. Just, yeah. So yeah. That's one of the so. things, though. One of the reasons, because I go out and I do stuff by myself, I mean, all the time. I love doing it. But the falls are a little bit intimidating. Mm -hmm. I feel like I haven't been there before, and I don't necessarily know how to read the, the gauges, right? And I feel like that's a place that you actually need to know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm what you're doing or what's going on. If yeah. you go to the Indiana side, you can go to the Falls of the Ohio Interpretive Park. And walk down. And walk down, and you can fish that with a valid Kentucky license. And yeah. you can, you can, there's a lot of bank fishing opportunity and low water. I actually think that we're getting ready. I thought uh, Paul Wilk said that Fish, fish Molly and maybe the city of Lowell is going to put in a ramp at um, Shawnee Park down there, too, on the Kentucky side. That would be, be nice. great. So there might be some bank access. I believe that'll be right below the hydro, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. I think. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, anybody that's listening, get out there. It's a good place to bank fish. You it, never know what you're going to catch. It's also one of the most impressive fossil beds in the entire world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right I, there. I want to go see it. I've never set foot on the fossil beds. I've never been to Falls of the Ohio, like to fish or do anything. I've drive past it all the time. I heard they finally got that last barge taken out. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Two days ago, I think. Oh, they just did. Yep. It was there the day before Thunder that yeah. night, Scott and I fished. How long ago did that barge... Because it was what six barges pushed up against the dam or something. Uh, it was like, that? like six or eight. It was a lot. Yeah, and I so think... it it hit the second street bridge. Yeah, and then the barges like broke loose. Broke loose from the tug and went in there. It was the it was winter time. I thought right. 
Well, somebody mm-hmm. had told me that it, yes, was, it was it was affecting the way the water was coming over. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now that it's out, I'm wondering if things will change, change again. again. Yeah. They said that it was actually amazing how much people who might not understand the story. I mean, uh, a barge was pushing like what? There's like ten or twelve coal carriers upstream lost power hit a bridge they broke loose and a bunch of them got pushed up against the dam some of them sunk there's a bunch of coal on the bottom of the river still yeah. isn't it? they were saying that the coal basically will just filter through and get washed downstream but somebody told me that because of where that barge was at and how it was affecting how water was coming over to the dam that the 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 floor below the dam had completely changed well, so it pushed like 10 or 20 feet of sand around so especially because like the upper gates um they shut off a bunch of water there mm-hmm. and they're putting a ton through the lowers yeah and so that changed a whole lot there's big holes in there that weren't there before and stuff mm-hmm. so the water's powerful if you're going down there and you plan on having like being in waiting at all put your life jacket on mm-hmm. i'd say put your life jacket on yeah, if you're on the water or in the water, for sure. It, absolutely. Just yeah. wear your life jacket. It's actually a law if you're on the water mm-hmm. to wear your life jacket below the yes. dam for sure. 500 feet, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like but, that. But, like, wading down there, I always see, like, a lot of people wading. Put your life jacket on. That water is really strong and, mm-hmm. um, and it's slick. Yeah. Yeah. I know for a fact. I mean, you can, yeah. Yeah, watch out for it's the green moss. It's a good place moss. to wear, use a wading staff or a stick just mm-hmm. to... I know for a fact two people drowned there last fall mm-hmm. kayaking. And there was a guy that drowned there last year, too, that was waiting. Waiting. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous place. Yep. So. Hmm. Well, anyway, that's somewhere I really want to go fishing. So. Well, it's historical and productive. It's just a very unique spot. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I haven't really fished the state until I fished the falls of the Ohio. Yeah. Oh, well. So soon, Rachel. You're uh, you're going to have to be my guide. Somebody who knows what they're doing. That's what I'm saying. I want to go with somebody who knows. Let's so go. Me, you, and Scott will get out there. Maybe Friday. Friday, Friday. All right. Let's go. I'll pencil it in right <laughs> okay. now. All right. And then something else, Lee. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to control this conversation. If you guys got something you want to throw in there, throw it in there. But speaking of the Falls of the Ohio, three state records have been broken this mm-hmm. year. We talked pretty in detail about the largemouth bass, so I don't really want to spend too much time on it. But literally, that day that we did our last podcast, after we talked about the state record mm-hmm. largemouth bass, mm-hmm. a new state record saw guy got brought in to... Brought in right here to the game farm. Yeah, it was like an hour after we finished our podcast. Yeah. Where was that from? Guest Creek? Guest Creek. Guest Creek, yes. 6.612? Yeah. 6 it pounds, 12 ounces. That fish was so fat. I know. <laughs> he was so happy, and he was like in a big hurry because he had to work. So yeah. <laughs> he had to get back to Louisville and work. So That's awesome. We got the fish, and uh, he, he he didn't tell me, but he put it on the application, what he calls shad wrap. The shad wrap? And he said, uh, a minnow kind of bait. <laughs> oh, really? A so minnow crankbait. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Minnow kind of bait. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but he mean? says he fishes it a lot and has had good success. Did so. we have a state record catfish this year too? That's a, the third one. Yeah. Was. The, um. That was in October. Where was, was that? That was from the Lower Ohio below Olmstead Lock and Dam, and it was a hundred six point nine pound blue. A gal caught that, right? Is that no, a gal? A, a guy. Oh, guy. Can and, you imagine a one hundred and seven basically mm-hmm. pound fish? That's crazy. It was released. Oh man, that's incredible! And not into a pay lake. No, just right back into the it river. It was in a uh, kind of ironic. It was in a tournament, and the tournament was named for one of that guy's best friends oh, who had passed yeah. away a few months earlier. 
So yeah. it kind of meant a lot to him on a different level, other than I the think state he was record. Fishing the other guy's boat too, wasn't he? I, he may something, have been something like that. Mm-hmm. I know it was his buddy's. The the tournament was named in honor of his buddy, mm-hmm. and I think either some, some part of his gear. I don't know if it was his pole or his boat or what it was. Had something to do with his friend, and he got the new state record during the tournament. So that's cool. One hundred six point what nine. There was a gal that caught like a huge fish too in Kentucky. I saw it on Facebook. I thought I thought it was Kentucky. I didn't see a new state record. Those are the three. It wasn't state a records. state record, but it was big. Um, I, I thought it was a channel cat. I can't remember. Channel cat. Mm-hmm. Well, so I mean, you got to imagine that the largemouth bass and the blue catfish are two of the most sought-after records, right, for Kentucky sport fish. I'm not sure what would be up there with them. Smallmouth, obviously. Striper. Smallmouth's not getting broken. No. <laughs> so we can count that one out. No. Smallmouth, striper. I, honestly, you know, this might just be me, but if you gave me my choice of records, bluegill would be up there. <laughs> Give me a five-pound bluegill. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> because We're I think coffee. that's as impressive as, mm-hmm. as almost anything. Well, the, the white bass record's tied at five pounds. What Could you the, imagine? What's the crappie record? It's four like seven. Four and change. Whew. It was out of uh, one of those watershed lakes out near Crofton. Can you imagine Christian meal? County? Mm-hmm. That you would get I'm gonna fly <laughs> yeah. that crappie up, I swear. <laughs> Ladies and Spanish, I can't remember last yeah. name now. Oh well. It's insane. It's kinda of crazy to think all those records have come out recently and people are catching big fish. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe the the big rain over the past year and a half is It could have. I mean know? it could have supplied more nutrients, it could have kept people off the water and allowed fish to grow more. I'm not sure. But I mean, it definitely well, seems I, like there's been an uptick in records. Mike Harden and I, I was working on my weekly column this week, and he kind of thinks, you know, for strange smallmouth is going to be really good this year because last year it was blown out pretty much the yeah. whole year. So those fish have not been molested, and they're liable to have grown. I don't like that word, personally. <laughs> I guess that's probably an accurate word. But so How about not been pressured? Those pressured. fish have not been pressured. Caught. And... Well, yeah, even if they're not caught, just people around them, you know, yeah. making them wary. That's true. That's true. And they've, they've grown without being pressured, without being caught. So it could be a great, great year. Well, when you were walking in here today, the first thing you told me was that the water was right in Elkhorn. Mm-hmm. Finally so it's finally in. down to 300 CFS for the first time, right. and I don't know when. Now, not- that's probably, I uh, need to knock on some wood, because that's probably inviting a five-inch rain within two days. <laughs> Lee, Lee and I were supposed to do a paddle trip last mm-hmm. year. And we never could. Where at? On Elkhorn. Elkhorn. We never could. Like, Weeks we were scheduling, yeah, like no, all next Friday, all next Friday. I was Friday, supposed all to do a, a, a shoot with a local station last year, and we scheduled it and rescheduled it and rescheduled. Then we finally gave up. It's um, it's like that's I feel like that's the exact same story as Below the Falls. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, last year was just horrible. Last mm-hmm. year was yeah. the least I've creek fished oh. in for me years. 20 years. Yeah, it's been crazy, but yeah. 25 years, maybe. This year, I mean, like, I'm literally ready to throw the kayak on the roof tonight, bring it to work tomorrow, and hit Elkhorn as soon as I get off. You want to go? No. What? <laughs> I can't. No, I'd love to, but I can't. Well, I, I got to be in Lexington, and we're leaving early Friday to go well, to Lake Armland. It's hard to do a shuttle solo, but I can do it. Well, I, I mean, I'm not. Fish. I can run you out there and drive. No, I'm just kidding. We'll go when you can actually fish. <laughs> yeah. But no, one of these days soon, if the weather stays good, it's not just the Elkhorn that's fishable. I mean, you're talking about Bersh- in this general area, mm-hmm. Drennan, Bershears, mm-hmm. um, Clear Creek, uh, Salt River, Elkhorn. Also, Green Florence. River uh, drop to the release yesterday was 168. Is 168 good? You were whispering well, it, so it must be. Yeah, because it's excellent. <laughs> I, wish, I was like, I wish I could get on a flying carpet with my kayak and just like land me there and then come pick me up in like four hours. 
awesome. Unfortunately, that, that, that doesn't work. I'm, well, I'm going to try that Cumberland River, I guess, for the first time this weekend coming up. For Striper? Above the lake. No, above the lake. Is oh, that above the lake. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Yeah. Sweet. I mean, there's, I'm sure, plenty of good smallmouth. Smallmouth in there, yes. Yeah. Be something fun. Mm-hmm. Different. The below the lake trip is something I've had on my radar for a while, too. Fishing below the falls, like right there in the vicinity of the falls, because the river's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever hiked it, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen I mean, videos I'm, of it. I've never been down there. Talking big boulders the size of a house. Oh, yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's just amazing. The striper down there. I mean... I feel like you're talking about like once in a lifetime, some of those big river stripers down there. Yeah, I, those are mostly below the lake, though. Yeah. Yes. Below yeah, the, the lake. That's Didn't you say a 46 pounder was caught? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Capshaw, he's a guy down there, caught a pig the other day. We, I was actually supposed to be packed up and heading out to go fish with him tomorrow morning, but he blew a lower unit on his boat. So mm. there'd be sometimes soon. That's a common. Uh... Apparently, the striper right now are staging in the creeks. So if you find a, the mouth of a creek flowing into the river, I mean, I, I guess the water conditions are just right there. But he said, you find the mouth of the creek, you're going to find fish. Because hmm. that's where they're going to be stacked up. Waiting on bait fish to come mm-hmm. in. Uh-huh. Or trout. trout. <laughs> yeah, probably trout. <laughs> yeah. but And then he also guides in Tennessee. And, of course, in Tennessee, you can use trout as bait. Mm-hmm. And they catch giants. 50-plus well, pounders. You remember that's Zach incredible. who moved to you know, Reno. Yeah. Zach, Zach, uh, Zach Campbell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach had a friend, you know, he was in boating uh, law. And a guy from Tennessee is like, can you use striper or can you use trout in Kentucky? And we're like, yeah, you can't. And he said, can you use trout for bait? And I was like, well, no, they're game fish. <laughs> I guess you can down there. You can in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean. I, I miss Letty. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Can't do that in Kentucky, but. No. You can use a six or seven or eight inch trout imitator. Yes, a so trout a big swim trout bait, swim yes. bait. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I feel like that would be a lot of fun. Imagine going out on the Cumberland River. Water's crystal clear. In the morning, you got the fog. It's beautiful mm-hmm. hillside. And I mean, the woods and the boulders, and you can see the bottom the whole way across. You feel like there's no fish in there, but I mean, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've seen those striper blow up on the surface, and it looks like there's a hurricane happening in the middle of the river in one spot because they just hit so hard. But you could be casting that trout imitator Mm -hmm. and if you hooked up on one fishing out of a kayak or something i mean that would be like hands down one of the best fishing experiences you could ever have yeah casting for striper in a kayak on the cumberland river Mm -hmm. i've cast toward them but i was trying had trout stuff and i was kind of like this would be interesting but i actually don't want you to break my i did that before too i saw them blow up in the middle of the river one time and i had like a a uh, six-pound test line with a one-eighth-ounce rooster tail, and I was like, <laughs> like cast it out there. One of those things hooks up. I'm spooled. It's gone. Oh, no. That's what I <laughs> it's I the best feeling, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, I've done that float from uh, put in at the Rock House, float around to Winfrey's Ferry. I've done that one quite a few times. And invariably, I see a big, in that big depot after Winfrey's Rocks, uh, that last all the way to Renfrey's Ferry, I always see giant stripers in there. If you caught them in the lake, you'd be like, oh, God, you know, I mean, they're monsters. Bigger, they're much bigger in the river. Yeah. yeah at yeah. least, so if somebody, somebody's listening to the podcast and they don't know much about the Cumberland River, I honestly don't know much about the Cumberland River. If I was going to go, I'd have to look at a map. Is there a Blue Water Trails on the... Yes. So how do we find it? Um, how go, do I find it? Because I'm going to need it. Well, um, there's a go to, um, on the, the webpage, go to boat. Click on boat at fw.kygov. Click on boat, and then canoeing and kayaking, and then there's a link to the Blue Water Trails page underneath there. Is there walk down access? 
Yes. Like there, like you could go down, take a swim bait, and fish the banks there. You can wait out there too. I mm-hmm. mean, it's shallow enough. Most it's just of the cold, right? Really cold. Yeah. You have to have. I mean, I saw a guy one time. Uh, we were fishing, and he was like waist deep with no waders. And Jim Axe and I, we were doing a photo shoot. I caught the fire out of him that day. Um, and uh, I said, "Buddy, aren't you cold?" He said, "Well, after about ten minutes, you go numb." <laughs> I was like, well, might be called hypothermia. Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> I mean, it really will make after about even in the summer. The water's so cold, it'll start making your ankles throb after a few well, minutes. I've waited out there and fished it before without waders. Mm-hmm. That's but, what I'm saying. Uh, there's a certain point that I cannot go across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you get to like, 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 Retreat after retreat. I'm like, well, no, it's not worth it. But and, and it's it just it's breathtakingly cold oh yeah now what about like boat access down there like well you you have options one it's on thing the blue about trails page too right yes so yes. somebody can look this up and, and yeah. also um you know, we had a nice map that don Bennell made and we have some good maps that show um you can also go to the find a place to fish page mm-hmm. and it'll show you the access we have long bar waiting access which is designed for you to wait it's just above the rock house a really really productive place to fish you can wait at helms landing which is a boat ramp there which is a really really productive place to fish you can go to the rock house and fish there even though it's kind of deep to wade you can go up and down the banks there are good ways and it's also really cool because you walk through a natural bridge to go fishing it's really cool Cool. And um, and down from that is Winfrey's Ferry, and there's another ramp there. Even though it's kind of, a, it's a little cockeyed, you gotta get used to it because it's L shaped. So, um, but it's a it's a good ramp, and you can access the river there. And if you had a boat and you wanted to fit, that would be one of the best ones because you could motor up to Winfrey's Rocks, pull over, get out and wade, and then you have a gigantic deep hole if you're you can catch trout, and that's the full of stripers too. So if you wanted to try to do both, that'd be a great place to to do it. I just feel like striper on the Cumberland has got to be one of the best experiences fishing wise mm-hmm. in the state. Yeah, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time okay, for sure. Do well, I'm gonna I do know. it on the lake this weekend. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. <laughs> I'll be I'll be freezing paddleboard in the moon boat. Well, we'll be getting up at four to go get bait with Joe. So <laughs> you can uh, catch like stri- like you said earlier, stripers below the falls of the Ohio too. Mm-hmm. But the scenery couldn't be more of a one eighty. As oh, it's totally different. Between yeah. the Cumberland River, crystal clear water, yeah, you can yeah. see the bottom, Beautiful you got trees all around you. Or the golf house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see a lot of airplanes, too. I do. T- I will tell you guys that um, we went this Friday after work, um, but I've started to really like going down there if the water is like decent to get on the day before Thunder Over Louisville, because they do all the airplane mm-hmm. practice mm. runs. So that's be like the best time to go to the falls, I think, but... Yeah, the scenery's not that great. Well, I mean, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Because a change of scenery is always nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like the first time or the first couple of times or the first time of each year that you go down there, it might just be like like, kind of like in awe. Like, look at this huge thing. I mean, it's kind of got to be impressive, doesn't it? You got the railroad bridge going over you. I know yeah. it's not like, wow, so beautiful. <laughs> but, but I it's think like it's different. strange mm-hmm. for people, too, because they're like, I can't believe there's this great of fishing, like, in the city. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest uh, city in the state, and it's yeah, they're just like probably the best fishing in the strange. state too. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like unexpected. Well, it's because it's a natural barrier. Mm-hmm. All those fish are trying to run upstream, and they all get stopped. It's been there for you know well, millennia. It's been a natural yeah. barrier. It's been water, a popular spot. The water's coming, you know, over the over the falls through the dam, and it's just getting filled with oxygen. 
So it's super oxygenated water at a barrier. That's where mm-hmm. the bait fish run up and stop. So that's where the – you can catch uh, skipjack and stuff up against the dam there, right? Mm-hmm. And people – so that's how a lot of people catch the big catfish. Skipjack. Is yeah. they will – the way I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. They'll go up to the dam, and if the hydro, you know, if they're putting water out, they'll take maybe four, three or four um, little hair jigs. Mm-hmm. or, or like little sabuki That's rig. a sabuki rig. Sabuki. Yeah. Sabuki yeah. rig. Well, mm-hmm. the way I look at it, I was like, I'm going to make my own out of Popeye's. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. So take Popeye's, and you string them along maybe six or eight inches apart along your line, so you literally have – two or three feet of baits spaced out eight inches apart and you cast them in the hydros and you'll catch like a skipjack or two mm-hmm. and just like reel yeah. and jerk reel and jerk reel and jerk, jerk. Real jerk. Yeah. you'll catch yeah. a skipjack and you keep them alive and then you can catch them on tiny inline spinners too if you want if you don't want to the really skipjack are fun to catch mm-hmm. i've caught big yeah. ones in kentucky lake yeah we i mean scott and I, we got on some good ones it's fun like to see who can double first that's yeah. like our little competitions yeah. we have going but on usually don't you think they're probably the best cut bait or absolutely yeah i so think you so you go up there and you catch them like that against the hydros and then you, and you take can throw a cast net too can't you mm-hmm. but you use them for bait for catfish mm-hmm. do you use them for striper also so live ones what live ones you yeah can use. so i've never done it but i've been with scott when he's thrown a live skipjack and caught like really good hybrids on it that do way they too. stay alive they stay alive a lot better than like shad, don't they? Yeah, they seem if to be. If you breathe funny on a shad, it'll die. Yeah, a you can't keep shad alive. Skipjacks seem to make it quite a bit longer. Um, and then some people will take them and freeze them whole. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, vacuum that's what seal I, them, uh, yeah. freeze them whole and keep them. I've heard that one of the best ways to keep bait like shad or elwives or skipjack is if you will. So say you catch them, right? Catch them and throw them in a thing of salt water. Mm-hmm. So if the water is take like a whole pound of Mortensen salt and put it in the water and when you put those fish in there they just die and they don't get mushy or soft mm-hmm. they stay hard and then you just freeze them whole and then when you throw them out it's like basically they died a minute ago yeah you know so i've heard people who are guides say that that's the best way to keep them i've not we've never really had a ton of luck with like frozen bait yeah well do i know people that do it but i think a lot of times they'll bow them fish for like channels and stuff like that more than use it cut bait for blues because mm-hmm. i think that freshness factor is probably a lot better for blues don't you yeah. think so? do you catch do you go out there and fish for blues quite a bit mm-hmm. so if we go typically what happens with scott and i like if we go down there and we're trying to catch <clears throat> stripers or hybrids and the water's just not where it needs to be then we have a couple catfish spots we'll mm-hmm. go up and catch bait and then throw, mm-hmm. throw catfish rods off the back of the what do you think your biggest catfish is oh uh, i think last year i did my biggest catfish was like 30 pounds, 30, 30 pounds. pound blue. Bigger than anything I've got. It was big. My biggest catfish is probably like 18. But, I mean, that's not I was really excited, too. I bet. I was so excited. So, we it was pouring down rain, and I, like, really wanted to fish. This time of year, I'm so busy, like, with the events we have going on, it's hard to get away a bunch. And I think it was, like, right after that, and it was raining. I was like, the wa- we knew the water was right, but we're not going to go sit in the rain to fish. So, we waited it out at the boat ramp. And it finally quit. Uh-huh. We went out and I caught that fish. So it's good. I don't think I asked you earlier. What's the date for the drawing of the bull tech? It's June the fourteenth, so and June it's fourteenth. It's at Kentucky Gun Company. So this Saturday, um, they're going to do the Facebook Live announcements for the departments. Uh-huh. So typically, what we have a lot of our folks do is look and see if they were drawn for the state tag, and if not, then they'll put in for ours as okay, like an yeah. additional chance. So yours chance. is like okay, an additional chance. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So basically, you have the sampler the first. You have that on the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Then after those. I can hit you up and, and get you to take me fishing a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Okay. After that, my life uh, calms down quite a bit. Good. Yeah. So I so. keep that in mind when I'm yep. harassing you to 
you and Scott to get me out there. Last year, you took me on a bow fishing trip that was a lot of fun out there. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like a perfect night. I'm not, I'm not sure how that compares I want to catch to, some hybrids. Well, this is bow fishing, so. No, I mean, but are you going, y'all catfishing it when you go? I would like to. That's something yeah. I haven't done before. We can do both. Yeah. The last year when I was bow fishing with Rachel, it's the first time I'd ever bow fished the Ohio from a boat, and I had a big head carp jump up and hit me right in the, <laughs> right in the lower stomach region. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking it'll happen. I'm terrible. It wasn't a little lower. That's He's like, oh, oh my, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I was literally yeah, standing I hate, there. I hate you as you carpet again with nah, right, you, right, you, right, you. I was literally standing there, you know, fingers on you the punch on the me string, in the guts. Fingers on the string, bow ready to pull back and let it go. Just searching the water, scanning for a fish, <laughs> right in the gut. The hardest part is like you never see them coming too. Yeah. Like you're, you don't see anything, and then all of a sudden they're like smacking in the side of the face and stuff. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, that fish got away. <laughs> yeah. We had some luck that night. It was a lot of fun. It was I fun. I mean, it's pretty down there. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not like the most super scenic place, but... Well, the Ohio River is so much better than it was just 20 years ago. I mean, the water quality has improved drastically so in the we, last 20 years. I don't know if Rachel wants me giving away one of her spots, but we basically started under the East End Bridge. That's fine. Don't, don't matter. Yeah. We started under the East End Bridge, and we drifted towards Louisville. And seeing the lights of the city down mm-hmm. there, you know, you got the Yum Center and the, all the towers and stuff. I mean, it's kind of cool if it's not something you've done before just to see all of it. It's so much different. Because I can go, you know, I've, I bow fish here in Frankfurt quite a bit on the Elkhorn and other places. And it's just, it's kind of cool to see something that much different than what you're used to. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not like, wow, that's beautiful, it's, it's still cool. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, we'll have to do that again this year. We somewhere. catch quite a few nice flatheads while striper fishing on Cumberland pulling bait. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, we usually catch at least one a day. Hmm. Do you think that flatheads chase more than other fish? Yeah, well, I think no. they prefer other live bait. They're more aggressive, mm-hmm. I think, of the They breed. fight. Man, yeah. flatheads pull. Yeah. We've caught uh, more. I'd say I've probably caught more flatheads on crankbaits than I have channels or blues. Mm-hmm. I caught a big channel in Elkhorn on a top a jitterbug, one like <laughs> right at dusk. It's like, God, this smallmouth's fighting funny. He's not jumping and all that. And I see this big old chucklehead, and I like, it's a big old male uh, channel cat. That's funny. And one of the pieces running on this week's show is uh, catfishing on, it's below Kentucky. Is that, uh, that's the Tennessee River? Tennessee River, yes. So it's on the Tennessee River below the dam, and they caught like 22 catfish in two hours with Jim Doom. With Jim Doom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's been absolutely tearing them up. One almost like twenty four pounds too. That's awesome. Yeah, no. I need that's, to go on that's a trip one of the like catfish that. meccas of the eastern U.S. Is yeah, Kentucky and Barkley tailwater. Is that right? Well, yeah, just guaranteed. I mean, it's lots of fish and I catch how rates I are really high. I've always heard good things about like Manitoba cats. You ever heard about like Manitoba? Yeah, I've heard Manitoba. there's some yeah and big channel cats. Channels, mm-hmm. channels, right? Yeah, it's like forty, fifty pound channel cats. The way I understand it. I wonder how our Mecca in the eastern U.S. compares to, like, what's known as, like, the the home of channel catfishing. It's got to be know. pretty good. What's our state record channel? 36? 32. 32. Mm-hmm. That's a big catfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's caught again in the Ohio River. Yeah. But up near Greenup, blocking down. She's amazing, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's Greenup good is? to us. No, the Ohio River. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't fish it enough. I love her. But like I said, as soon as I'm, that's how this whole conversation got started, was because when I moved to Louisville, that Ohio River. You're going to change your mind. Yeah. Granddad yeah. said, you know, on the Jefferson side and where River Road is, mm-hmm. back when he was a kid, you could go down there and get fresh fish caught from the Ohio River. There was all kinds of fish stands set up, and you go buy fresh fish and go home fried up. I believe it. And back in the day. But I mean, it, it just blew me away. He's like, oh, I could see the bottom in 10 feet of water, and it flowed blue. Just 
That's a, could you imagine? Yeah, it's crazy. The difference, too. <clears throat> well, soon I'm going to hit it. A couple other things, Lee, I have jotted down here. Um, what else? Uh, new magazine's coming out. Yes. You're using one of my girlfriend's pictures in it, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure I know. Do you know when the new magazine's going to come it's out? It's at the printer, uh, hopefully ASAP. Yeah. So it's being printed right now. And there's some other new things that you put out recently also. Mm-hmm. A new, I, uh, I did a piece on Red Ear. Uh, yeah. Did a piece uh, with David Hayes mm-hmm. based on when we, we did a joint interview with the TV show and yeah. and uh, kind of let him let him say his last words. on. Oh, uh, well, don't say it like I that. I mean, well, you know, <laughs> he, I want him to just set the record yeah, straight. Yeah, set with the record straight with a small mouth story. And have the last word on it. It's been, it's, been a, it's been a long time since he's been interviewed about it, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And I found him to be much more candid than the last I interviewed him 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, for a for a big piece I did in the magazine, yeah. and then he was still a little guarded. Yeah. But I found him this time to be much more candid. Well, it's ten years. Yeah, it's ten years down, and it's you know he's he's not and as worried. People that might not understand why he was candid about it. I mean, just read the story, and you'll mm-hmm. probably understand. I'm mm-hmm. sure you included the details in there about you know the controversy and all the people they were. Coming you know, and I did a little on that, but my first one I did a lot on that. Yeah. This time I just wanted to be about the catch. Yeah, and, okay, there you go. And he t- he told me stuff that he didn't tell me before, so I wanted to highlight. You know, the rod uh, that he caught it on, he bought it at Belknap Hardware in Louisville. I think it was twenty bucks, and uh, it's steel, and it's still bent from fighting the world record. He said never. He yeah. never straightened out again. So he, I got to meet him when they were naming the dock after him and stuff. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, he said you had Cherokee blood." <laughs> yeah, he was so nice. Yeah, yeah, he was really cool. He said, "You have." Let, he looked at your fingers. Let me see your fingers. Yeah. He, he, looked he was at, telling me what ethnicity I was. Is he right? I don't know. I've never had one of those well, DNA I'm gonna, tests. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to say he must be <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, he was so cool though. Uh, yeah. I really liked him a lot. I think my favorite part about talking to him was. Um, he used to take trips all the time to Dale Hollow, so he wasn't like a one and done or like oh, no. he was fishing it a bunch and like knew what he was doing. He even told me he thought he had the same fish hook like yeah. a week he prior. He called him Mojo. But um, th- I think that is what made me most happy about his story is because he wasn't just like a weekend once a year. He was down there fishing every ch- he chance he got. He was an pilot and he would fly in to fish. Yeah. There was, there was an old uh, field up there, Wisdom Dock. It may still be there, but he would fly into there and fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, he caught big walleye too and he said he caught um, I want to say like an, a, a big giant Kentucky and he caught a nine pound largemouth. That was his big, he said that was my biggest bass of all time until the world record. Man. That, and that world so, record, like you see the print that Rick the painting oh, of Rick. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's it like, is crazy how big could, that fish was. It's like if I hooked him on six pound line, what would I do? I'd have to back reel him all the way out to the middle of the lake and yeah. start again, back reel him three times out the middle of the it's lake. Crazy. No, it's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah. He was using a pretty heavy line back then. Yeah, the, the good old Dacron, you know, black Dacron and trolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, the print of the fish is ridiculous. I would, it, it's one of those records, if you look at, like those stupid Facebook list of like 10 records that'll never be broken, mm-hmm. 10 fishing. That's that, one of them. That's like number one on most of them. The other ones are like 2,300 pound sharks and 1,700 mm-hmm. pound marlins. And then there's this uh, 1215 or 1115 smallmouth from mm-hmm. Kentucky on there. But compared to all the other smallmouth, I mean, your second biggest also came out of Del Hollow and it was 10.8 or something mm-hmm. like that. So almost a pound the, and a I half. I think three of your top five are from Del Hollow and six of your top 10 are from Del Hollow. Yep. So, Great. I mean, it's, it's just. You know, you don't have stream. You don't have reservoirs on smallmouth streams that still retain a dominant smallmouth population. Yeah. Usually, once a reservoir switches over, like Nolan, for example, Chad's favorite lake, 
Jerry Bynack told me years ago that that was considered the best float stream in the state of Kentucky for smallmouths, was where the lake is now. Hmm. And uh, they, they thought when they built it that it would be a world-class smallmouth lake, but it became a little too fertile, and they've tried restocking them, too, and it, they just didn't in take In Kentucky? I mean, there are still smallmouth no. in Kentucky. Yeah, well, no, in, in Barron. Barron. Oh, oh Barron. No, not Barron. No, uh, no Lynn. No Lynn, okay. But what, that part of No Inn, where the lake is now, was premier smallmouth floating. Hmm. Territory. They said it was the best float stream in Kentucky. That's right. Nine River. My granny's from originally down there. Mm-hmm. But That's then cool. when they built the lake, it, they thought it would be great. Now it's fantastic. Bass Lake and White Bass Lake, but for large mouse. But it, the small mouse just never, they died out and never materialized, even after trying to rejuvenate it through stocking. They just didn't take. Do you think it's other fish eating them? Uh, I think the, the the nature of the water changed and it became too fertile. It's probably gotcha. tough for them to spawn there, if I had to guess. Yeah, and yeah. it's just too fertile. Gotcha. You know. So, Lee, I remember the first, like, when I think of Kentucky Field Magazine, aside from what I know now, I think about when I was a kid and I was at the barber shop and I would <laughs> pick one up at the dentist or the barber shop, and that's how I was reading Kentucky Field. So, if somebody wanted to sign up for Kentucky Field now, you can go to our website and go to the uh, look under uh, Kentucky Field, the magazine. We have subscriptions. You can do an online subscription. And, and if you get a hold of one, we always have an envelope in there where you can drop a check to us and subscribe that way yeah. as well. And so and you the, can give gift subscriptions as well. And the new one's coming out soon. Yeah. And the article I was referencing was about striper fishing. Well, it's, well, it's so. part of the, the fishing forecast overall, and striper is one of the ones because Marcy says the, the Lake Cumberland population is just getting better and better and better. Yeah. It's starting to really recover from the drawdown years. Yeah. So Perfect. great year classes. I mean, I caught 12 last year. Uh, on one day, which is for striper, like tons, yeah. and none of them capped. <laughs> they were all 21 <laughs> inches. Only. So this year, though, those fish will be keepers. You know, yep. 12 keepers right there. Yeah. What's your all's biggest striper? Uh, mine's like 30 and a half inches. Yeah, I've, I have done very little striper fishing. Yeah. But, what about you, Lee? Um, right. I think 32. Uh, actually, no. I caught one with Joe a couple of years ago in March. And I want to say he was 33 and change. Now, my wife caught her first striper was almost 32. <laughs> she was awesome. like, she about dropped the rod. I was like, she was kind of panicking. I was like, you're, you're reeling that in, baby. You're not giving it to me. <laughs> it's pulling my hand. I was like, it's supposed to. It's a striper. You know? <laughs> That's we awesome. had five rods go down at once, and she had never striper fished in her life. <laughs> it was pandemonium. We had three people and five rods. It was absolute pandemonium. We it looked like Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> We were down in Florida this past week on like a little, I went on like a very mini vacation. I was only there for two days, but we were fishing off the pier and Kristen hooked into just a giant black drum. I mean, I'm talking huge and it was pulling her drag and pulling her out there and she started getting tired. She couldn't reel anymore. And I was just telling her, you just got to keep on fighting that fish because I wasn't going to let her hand that rod off to anybody else. Right. And finally the fish started to wear out and you could see him rolling up on his side. I mean, this thing was giant, right? And so I get down, I climb down the pillar on the on the pier. I was like, I'm going to have to just get down here because there's no way you're pulling this fish up out of the no, water. Yeah. Have That's you seen a, how they do that? They have like these round nets that they like drop down would have been to. nice to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. So keep that <laughs> and then we'll nice. talk about that in so a second. <laughs> so I climb down the, the pier and I'm hanging on to the pier with one arm and I've got my other arm out there so I can <laughs> grab this fish when it gets close <laughs> enough, right? And I saying, there's people all over watching. And I'm literally hanging off this pier, waiting for this fish to get over there to me. And eventually, she pulls it in, and it's like side up, and it floats down, and it's underneath me. And she's directly above me, pulling up on the line, right? And as I'm trying to grab this fish, hook pops out of its mouth, goes right in the back of my leg. Oh! 
And so she's up there <laughs> pulling up, and that fish swims off, and it was like the agony of defeat times two because I just had this huge fish slip out of my grasp, and I'm telling her, I'm like, babe, don't pull up on that rock. Yeah. I was like, stop pulling. Yeah. Give me some slack, so baby. I, you hooked me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. She hooked, um, the biggest fish I caught the whole time was probably four pounds. She hooked three of those giant black drum. Really? Now, tell me how that happens. We're fishing the same bait at the same spot, and one of them just straight spooled her and broke her, 30-pound braid. Another one wrapped her around a bridge pillar and broke her off, and then the third one hooked me in the leg. My dad did that. He was throwing a bait caster when we were on the beach, and he didn't realize it, and he'd kind of gotten in, in the waves a little bit too much. And I looked down, and I see his jig sticking in his leg. I was like, Dad, Dad, Dad. So I dropped my rod, ran over, and pulled that out for it. Got it deep. It didn't get him. It was yeah. just pure luck. It didn't sink to the barb. But then I was like, uh, oh, where's my rod? I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the damn surf took my rod away. <laughs> so I saved my dad from pain, but I lost my I was watching a YouTube video. They were catching those glass groupers off one oh, some pier in Florida. Those are so big. And I'm like, okay, I, like I get it, but like the whole time they're like, all right, so they're hooking these fish. There's no way they're gonna be able to pull them up. They had like these big, like I don't know if you imagine a hula hoop with like mm -hmm. a net inside of it, and they drop it down and like scoop it, and then they pull it up that way, which is what I should. It's probably everybody knows about it, but I was like, that's cool. In mm -hmm. hindsight, I wish I would have thought of this because I was just thinking about grabbing this fish by the gill. I had a glove on, right, for protection, but I was I had a 25 foot stringer with me, and if I could have gone back, I would have taken that stringer down there and just if I could have just got that stringer in its mouth, mm -hmm. you'd been good. Been then good. you'd been fine. Yeah. 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 So on, and then well, I had my game plan together for the next time it happened. Those fish grabbers for ocean fish are just worth their weight in gold because mm -hmm. you can just grab them like a Boca Grip, and they have a lot of knockoffs. They're much cheaper. And, You've got them. We use them you know. now. We bought one when we were in Orange Beach, Scott and I did. Mm -hmm. And now we that's what we use for hybrids and stripers. Oh, yeah, and catfish. You don't, you don't have to worry about getting nailed. I mean, if you're if they still have the hook in them, they're so aggressive. like And they'll flop around. And yeah, you can't just Stripers put your, now's a rougher and a cob, too. It, they'll take they'll take the skin off your yeah. fingers. You don't want that hook sinking in your no hand. Doubt. Something to invest in. I might need to look into that. I don't but, catch fish big enough to need one often. So I've got a little one that I use for streams, and I've got a big one I use for the ocean or you know catfish not, and stuff. I don't think they were ours is like that long. Mm -hmm. It's handy though. It would have been nice to have. But you yeah. get some that are knockoffs now, pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or those like, those plastic grabbers too that they're they're like ten bucks that you can just they look like a vice grip and you just clamp and then you can get control. I was just checking to make sure my mic was still working. Yeah. I hadn't looked at it in a while. But let's uh, let's wrap it up. You got anything else you want to add, Lee? It's the best time of year, so get out and fish. I'm going to, as much as I can in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to hit it. So I plan on being right there with you. All right, brother. Give me yeah, we got to get on the creek. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm Jones and Terrible. Um, go fishing. Join us for the sampler on June the 1st yep. and enter our elk tag drawing, please. Uh, one other thing I'd like to thank. Rachel really helped a good friend of mine's troop. Troop 41 in Lexington with an Eagle Scout project where they constructed donation boxes for the Salado Center. So mm -hmm. if any, if you're at the sampler and any of those are hanging up, please use them. But, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, James yeah. really, my buddy James Terrace really appreciates everything he did to, to help him out. Yeah. And his son Sam. Yeah, this great. So. Well, well, good deal, guys. I appreciate you coming in. Hopefully we got people signing up for the bull up drawing. Hopefully yep. somebody who listened to the podcast and signed up today will win it because that would make me happy. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, and the sampler, no kits. No, yeah, 21, 21 and, and over. over. Yeah, I that, probably should have mentioned that. That's like. one of my favorite things about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sometimes we have people like call like, nope, we don't have babysitters, and no, you can't bring your children. Yeah, so. This is an adult event where we all, that's why I said we get to act like kids. We get to feel like kids mm -hmm. again because kids are gone. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you all for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It was fun. I'll go fishing with both of you soon.